Section 10 of the Essays of Samuel Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Essays of Samuel Johnson, Section 10. An Allegory on Wit and Learning. Saturday, June the 2nd, 1750. Ego nec studium sine divite vina, nec rude qui prosed video ingenium, alterius sic altera poscet opem res, et conjurat amice. Without a genius, learning soars in vain, and without learning, genius sinks again. Their force united crowns the sprightly reign. Elphinstone wit and learning were the children of apollo by different mothers wit was the offspring of euphrosyne and resembled her in cheerfulness and vivacity learning was born of sophia and retained her seriousness and caution as their mothers were rivals they were bred up by them from their birth in habitual opposition and all means were so incessantly employed to impress upon them a hatred and contempt of each other, that though Apollo, who foresaw the ill effects of their discord, endeavoured to soften them by dividing his regard equally between them, yet his impartiality and kindness were without effect. The maternal animosity was deeply rooted, having been intermingled with their first ideas, and it was confirmed every hour as fresh opportunities occurred of exerting it. No sooner were they of age to be received into the apartments of the other celestials than wit began to entertain Venus at her toilet by aping the solemnity of learning, and learning to divert Minerva at her loom by exposing the blunders and ignorance of wit thus they grew up with malice perpetually increasing by the encouragement which each received from those whom their mothers had persuaded to patronize and support them and longed to be admitted to the table of jupiter not so much for the hope of gaining honour as of excluding a rival from all pretensions to regard and of putting an everlasting stop to the progress of that influence which either believed the other to have obtained by mean arts and false appearances. At last the day came when they were both with the usual solemnities received into the class of superior deities and allowed to take nectar from the hand of Hebe. But from that hour Concord lost her authority at the table of Jupiter the rivals animated by their new dignity and incited by the alternate applauses of the associate powers harassed each other by incessant contests with such a regular vicissitude of victory that neither was depressed it was observable that at the beginning of every debate the advantage was on the side of wit and that at the first sallies the whole assembly sparkled, according to Homer's expression, with unextinguishable merriment. But learning would reserve her strength till the burst of applause was over, and the languor with which the violence of joy is always succeeded began to promise more calm and patient attention. 
she then attempted her defence and by comparing one part of her antagonist's objections with another commonly made him confute himself or by showing how small a part of the question he had taken into his view proved that his opinion could have no weight the audience began gradually to lay aside their prepossessions and rose at last with great veneration for learning but with greater kindness for wit their conduct was whenever they desired to recommend themselves to distinction entirely opposite wit was daring and adventurous learning cautious and deliberate wit thought nothing reproachful but dullness learning was afraid of no imputation but that of error wit answered before he understood lest his quickness of apprehension should be questioned learning paused when there was no difficulty lest any insidious sophism should lie undiscovered wit perplexed every debate by rapidity and confusion learning tired the hearers with endless distinctions and prolonged the dispute without advantage by proving that which never was denied wit in hopes of shining would venture to produce what he had not considered and often succeeded beyond his own expectation by following the train of a lucky thought learning would reject every new notion for fear of being entangled in consequences which he could not foresee and was often hindered by her caution from pressing her advantages and subduing her opponent both had prejudices which in some degree hindered their progress towards perfection and left them open to attacks novelty was the darling of wit and antiquity of learning to wit all that was new was specious to learning whatever was ancient was venerable wit however seldom failed to divert those whom he could not convince and to convince was not often his ambition learning always supported her opinion with so many collateral truths that when the cause was decided against her her arguments were remembered with admiration nothing was more common on either side than to quit their proper characters and to hope for a complete conquest by the use of the weapons which had been employed against them wit would sometimes labour a syllogism and learning distort her features with a jest but they always suffered by the experiment and betrayed themselves to confutation or contempt the seriousness of wit was without dignity and the merriment of learning without vivacity their contests by long continuance grew at last important and the divinities broke into parties wit was taken into protection of the laughter-loving venus had a retinue allowed him of smiles and jests and was often permitted to dance among the graces learning still continued the favourite of minerva and seldom went out of her palace without a train of the severer virtues chastity temperance fortitude and labour 
wit cohabiting with malice had a son named satyr who followed him carrying a quiver filled with poisoned arrows which where they once drew blood could by no skill ever be extracted these arrows he frequently shot at learning when she was most earnestly and usefully employed engaged in abstruse inquiries or giving instructions to her followers minerva therefore deputed criticism to her aid who generally broke the point of satyr's arrows turned them aside or retorted them on himself jupiter was at last angry that the peace of the heavenly regions should be in perpetual danger of violation and resolved to dismiss these troublesome antagonists to the lower world hither therefore they came and carried on their ancient quarrel among mortals nor was either long without zealous votaries wit by his gaiety captivated the young and learning by her authority influenced the old their power quickly appeared by very eminent effects theatres were built for the reception of wit and colleges endowed for the residence of learning each party endeavoured to outvie the other in cost and magnificence and to propagate an opinion that it was necessary from the first entrance into life to enlist in one of the factions and that none could hope for the regard of either divinity who had once entered the temple of the rival power there were indeed a class of mortals by whom wit and learning were equally disregarded these were the devotees of plutus the god of riches among these it seldom happened that the gaiety of wit could raise a smile or the eloquence of learning procure attention in revenge of this contempt they agreed to incite their followers against them but the forces that were sent on those expeditions frequently betrayed their trust and in contempt of the orders which they had received flattered the rich in public while they scorned them in their hearts and when by this treachery they obtained the favour of plutus affected to look with an air of superiority on those who still remained in the service of wit and learning disgusted with these desertions the two rivals at the same time petitioned jupiter for readmission into their native habitations jupiter thundered on the right hand and they prepared to obey the happy summons which readily spread his wings and soared aloft but not being able to see far was bewildered in the pathless immensity of the ethereal spaces learning who knew the way shook opinions but for want of natural vigour could only take short flights so after many efforts they both sunk again to the ground and learned from their mutual distress the necessity of union they therefore joined their hands and renewed their flight learning was borne up by the vigour of wit and wit guided by the perspicacity of learning they soon reached the dwellings of jupiter and were so endeared to each other that they lived afterwards in perpetual concord wit persuaded learning to converse with the graces 
and learning engaged wit in the service of the virtues. They were now the favourites of all the powers of heaven, and gladdened every banquet by their presence. They soon after married, at the command of Jupiter, and had a numerous progeny of arts and sciences. End of section 10